Okay. But on the dock. Good evening, welcome to the Petaluma City Council meeting for Monday night, July 15th, 6 p.m. session. The council is preparing to go into closed session and I invite the clerk to please call roll. Harris? Here. Kearney? Here. Barrett? Here. Glass? Here. Albertson? Here. Healy? Here. Miller? Here. And there's no one in the chamber to address the council on a closed session item. Public comment on that item is hereby opened and subsequently closed. And if the attorney would please provide legal notice as we prepare to go to closed session. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'll be happy to. The council will confer in closed session concerning existing litigation under Government Code Section 54956.9 Subdivision A. And that's regarding the case of um, City of Petaluma versus Anamata Santos et al. Superior Court case number 34-2012-8000-1321. Thank you. And Good evening. Welcome to the Petaluma City Council meeting, 6.45 p.m. session. This is Monday, July 15th, 2013. And I would ask the clerk to please call roll. Harris? Here. Kearney? Here. Barrett? Here. Glass? Here. Albertson? Here. Healy? Here. Miller? Here. And if John Fitzgerald would please lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. If we could please have a moment of silence, thank you. Thank you. We're on to agenda changes and deletions uh, for tonight's agenda. Uh, what I would like to do is move items 5A and B to immediately follow the consent calendar coming in front of new business on items 4A and uh, the subsequent items under category 4 that would follow. So without, uh, uh, that's easy for me to say, without objection, we'll make that change in the uh, order of events tonight. We're on to proclamations. Um, this is Independence Month, July 2013, and Council Member Barrett has a proclamation to present. Uh, we have a recipient in the chamber, Janine Murray, who's on hand to receive the following proclamation. City of Petaluma Proclamation Independence Month, July 2013. Whereas Independence Month provides a time to celebrate the independence of the members of the community of Petaluma and the entrepreneurial spirit represented by our core of local independent businesses. And whereas the City of Petaluma is home to many independently owned businesses that provide a unique character to the city. And whereas Petaluma's core of independently owned businesses give back to the community by providing goods, services, time, and talent. And whereas the health of independently owned businesses depends on support by our friends and neighbors. And whereas independently owned businesses fuel the local economy by sourcing their goods locally.
and whereas Petaluma's independent business owners and employees enrich community members' shopping experiences with their knowledge and passion. Now therefore, be it resolved that I, David Glass, Mayor of the City of Petaluma, along with each member of the Petaluma City Council, does hereby proclaim the month of July 2013 as Independence Month and salutes our community members and locally owned independent businesses who are an integral part uh, to the unique flavor of Petaluma and honor their efforts to make Petaluma the place we want to live and work. And uh, Ms. Murray, if you'd like to address the city, that would be fine. Thank you so much. I appreciate the, um, the proclamation. You, on, along with the cities of Healdsburg, Windsor, Katati, and the city of Santa Rosa will be doing their proclamation at tomorrow night's city council meeting, um, are joining in with uh, throughout the county just to, to take this month. We decided to not take a day or just a week for Independence Week, but to really take a whole month where we can have posters up, as you'll see in downtown Petaluma and throughout Sonoma County. I left a few for you. And, um, and also an insert that we had in the North Bay Bohemian a couple weeks ago, um, identifying and reminding folks of the major reasons to support local. And uh, it's just an educational campaign and we really appreciate your support. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. And with that, we're on to a presentation of Petaluma Waterways. We have uh, Petaluma River Access Partners here in attendance tonight, and Mr. Broden will lead the uh, presentation. Yeah, and I'm only going to take a couple of minutes uh, to, to just let you know that this project is all about access to the river, and who better to talk to us about that than John Fitzgerald and Susan Starbird, who have been really critical partners in developing uh, this plan that we know is going to encourage uh, an enormous amount of, of uh, project adoption and volunteerism, and in fact, it, it, uh, it already has. So we're, we're uh, pleased to be here tonight, and with that, I'll ask John to, uh, to kick things off. Mayor Glass and uh, members of the City Council, I'm very excited to be here tonight. Um, before you are some uh, critical exhibits there that we're going to, I just want to tell you a little story and I'll make it as quick as I can and those that n of you that know me know that that's going to be quite a challenge but we'll, we'll do it anyway. Um, in the, the mid-70s when I arrived here in Petaluma, uh, the Upper River was not that attractive and friendly a place to kind of be around. Um, the Chamber of Commerce River Committee, um, of which I was a member at the time, um, decided to put on a, a little festival that would encourage and bring to the attention of the Downtown Business Association the, this wonderful amenity that we had running through, through town. So in 1986, we threw our first river festival. Let me skip forward to 1990, summer of 1990. We're heading into our fifth River Festival. Um, attention is being focused on, on the Upper River, and the city is putting together its team uh, of uh, citizens uh, for a uh, citizens advisory committee for the River Access and Enhancement Plan. Uh, I remember being very excited about being appointed to that committee, along with, 19, uh, with 18 others. And uh, let me jump forward a little bit after a lot of work. In 1996, that plan was adopted. In 1996, I was, had the uh, privilege of being appointed a Parks Commissioner. 
And as a Parks Commissioner, I was asked if I wanted to serve on the new central specific plan and represent the city and parks and recreation in that plan. Of course, I said yes. And we worked very hard to um, make that a plan that was workable. And, and, and it's been in place um, for some time now. Uh, I was very interested because of my experience with the center, with the river access plan to make sure, along with other people, that the river was incorporated into this plan. I'm just going to uh, brief through a few things here in, in, in the um, opening planning concepts of the central specific plan. Reconnect the city to and along the river. The Petaluma River has historically served as an important artery for navigation and commerce, but has been largely overlooked as an open space and recreational amenity. Um, the Central Petaluma Specific Plan carries forward the concepts from the Petaluma River Access and Enhancement Plan. Um, we were we were very excited about this central specific plan and and the read and the clarification and the continuation of the river access plan once again this is a great opportunity and it came it came around that in 19 well let's see we were adopted uh, in 2003 on the central specific plan okay I once again had the opportunity to join with a hard-working group of people in 2008 um, PRAP to start putting some um, another layer onto this Petaluma River access plan and I'd like for uh, n right now to introduce um, Susan Starbird who is going to talk more about that and to uh, specifically the reaches of the plan that this Petaluma River access partners deals with. Susan? Good evening, Mayor, Council people. Um, I think that you probably have seen me around town advocating for Petaluma Waterways for a few years, and, and some of you have taken the walking tour with me. And uh, so none of what I'm about to say is going to be news to you, but I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes going over what Petaluma Waterways is all about and its relation to the San Francisco Bay Area Water Trail. So um, we are in the top left-hand corner of this map, and this map is on the, on the web as part of the San Francisco Bay Area Water Trail, which is, uh, uh, sur surrounds all the area around San Francisco Bay and is a network of uh, small craft access points throughout the Bay Area. And we are the most, uh, not the most northern, but the, the upstream most on the Petaluma River is our own turning basin. You're looking at a resolution tonight that includes recognizing the, the Petaluma turning basin as a designated site on the San Francisco Bay Water Trail. It also corresponds to the central part of Petaluma Waterways. When the Petaluma River Access Partnership chose a stretch of the river to deal with for this next uh, era of water access and waterfront access in Petaluma, we picked the area between North Water Street and Schollenberger Park 
as a chunk that we could bite off. Of course, the river access and enhancement plan encompasses the entire area of the Petaluma River within the city, but we focused on, on this for the first, um, first phase of work. So um, that designation for the San Francisco Bay Area Water Trail would be in our turning basin, but you see a lot of dots on this map, and all of those dots correspond to projects that Petaluma Waterways has recommended to build out the vision that is incorporated in the, the river access plan and in the subsequent plans that, that incorporate the river access plan. There are approximately 34 projects. There are a 25A and a 9A, but basically it's about 34 projects. And it looks like they're um, very discrete spots on the river, but actually one of the greatest values of Petaluma Waterways is the interconnected network of trails. Not only the waterfront trails that we can walk on for um, you know, recreation in our backyard, but also how those trails link to regional trails like the Bay Ridge Trail, the San Francisco Bay Trail, which is on land, the Rails to Trails project, um, which would connect us to Marin County. So um, both Scott and John have gone over a little bit of the history of this Petaluma Waterways project, but I wanted to jump to 2011 when some of you attended an open house that PRAP hosted out over at the community center to introduce the 34 projects. And then in 2012, we invited institutional funders to come up and visit Petaluma, take a look at Petaluma Waterways, and talk to us about what types of projects might qualify for the type of funding that's available from organizations like the Coastal Conservancy, um, the um, boating to California Department of Boating and Waterways and other organizations that that typically fund the types of projects that we're talking about and as you all know the Coastal Conservancy has already been very active here and so has boating and waterways in the past that funder tour opened up some doors for us here in Petaluma and even though we don't have a lot of um, evidence to point to that we have money from these organizations today, um, we have some very promising conversations going on with these organizations. And it also helped put us on the map with the San Francisco Bay Area Water Trail to, be, to earn that designation. Um, having the plan, um, even in its sort of uh, nascent condition, meant that we could actually go ahead and start doing some things. And I wanted to just bring you up to date on some projects that I think are real highlights of Petaluma Waterways. The first one was a project um, adopted by Rebuilding Together and Leadership Petaluma to build out the pocket parks at the end of G and H Street. And these were um, citizen efforts but uh, they got a lot of help from the city as far as the city sort of s stepping back and making it easy for the citizens to come in and do this work. And the adja adjacent landowner offered to maintain those sites. So it was a really great private initiative um, and to create a wonderful new public space for Petaluma. And if you haven't had a chance to go down to the end of G&H Street, go take a look at it. Not finished, there's still more, 
but a really great new step. Um, the Copeland Crossing Bridge you're all familiar with. It went in um, this spring on North Water Street, and it's uh, fully accessible, at least on this side of the river right now. Um, we had a little celebration. And Riverfront, which you'll see coming through the process in the next few months, is the Basin Street project down on what I call River Left, like boaters refer to it, facing downstream. It's on River Left, just upstream of the Highway 101 bridge. And what you see along here is, is a greenway and trail network along the waterfront that's consistent with the river access plan. And then in the right-hand corner, you see a site for a public-private boathouse, a facility that will serve the community. So there's some really exciting stuff happening, even though um, you haven't yet had a chance to, to adopt this resolution that I'm asking you to adopt tonight. Um, what we can do, what we can all do, is continue engaging the community as, as project sponsors and project implementers. Um, I need your help to cultivate additional institutional investment as well as private investment from either property owners or, or nonprofit funders. Um, we want to continue, we need to continue partnering with property owners and the community to develop these 34 projects. And um, we need to build it for the generations. I'm hoping to see a whole lot of it in my lifetime and in yours as well. I think that's the end. Nope. Couple of things coming up just in the next few, uh, few weeks. Of course, you all know about the Rivertown Revival. That's at Steamer Landing Park and then the River Heritage Center. That's a big deal. Brings a lot of people to a site that's going to be a jewel in the crown of Petaluma Waterways when it gets built out. And also right now at our historical museum, there's an exhibit about the Petaluma River. I encourage you to take a look at it. And there are a couple of events. There's a literary evening on the 25th. And then on the 18th, our own John Fitzgerald and Skip Summers will be leading a walking tour and a conversation about the history of the uh, downtown area of Petaluma Waterways. And before I sign off, I want to introduce a couple of other PRAP members who are in the audience tonight. Uh, Maggie Holy and Greg Sabrin um, are also here. They've been working hard to make Petaluma Waterways a reality as well. And that is the end. That's what we have. Uh, a, a variety of folks are here to respond to any questions you might have, uh, but that concludes the uh, the presentation. Councilmember Barrett, thank you for that presentation, and um, it's actually even better than the one that you did at uh, Park and Rec a while ago. Um, I guess what uh, you're listed on our agenda as a presentation, and, and Susan, you mentioned having something adopted, and I'm just wondering what what it is you want. That. Relative to the action, is that there's a consent item that, that basically it. yes acknowledges okay, and supports nothing other than that. Nothing okay. other than that. Okay, it ties good. those things right. together. This was a good opportunity with the with the opportunity to get the the Bay Area Trail designation and to and to link waterways to that. Okay, I just wasn't clear if there was an addition to that. Okay, that was, it. That was good. Thank you, Councilmember Harris. 
Thank you, um, and thank you, Mr. Fitzgerald, for meeting with me a couple weeks ago to give me a preview of this. Um, I know I yeah, my question was probably answered when you were referring to engaging community members um, in that in one of the last uh, slides, and I know you'll be going to the institutional funders, but when I looked at the 34 projects that are listed, some of those are in the scope sweet spot, I'd say, of some of our social clubs in town. Some are very large that wouldn't be, but some are relatively small that you could. And I was wondering if this is adopted tonight on 3A on the consent calendars, is that the point while you, at which you'll reach out to those types of service clubs to start the conversation? And can we help with that since we all probably collectively have different contacts in the community? Because um, I'm sure there's some low-hanging fruit we could take care of over those 34 quickly. Well, um, it's funny you should ask that because there is actually, um, we've all been marketing and discussing this over the last couple of years, and um, this the, the newest um, district governor of uh, the uh, region for uh, Rotary Clubs, um, which covers the North Bay and up, up the coast, uh, has, a, has asked the three Petaluma Rotary Clubs to do something project around the river. I wonder. I wonder how he learned about that. It's <laughs> weird. And uh, so, what is going to actually be happening? I've already been contacted. The three Rotary clubs um, are going to try to appoint one person to oversee the three clubs and coordinate the three clubs. And I'm the contact man for that person. And I will be sitting down with them eventually and saying, "What do you want to do? We've got all kinds of projects now." So there's already a, you know, we've already got the three Rotary Clubs involved, and as you know, they were very instrumental in um, um, their uh, 100th anniversary of doing steamer landing park uh, improvements and, and so forth and so on. So I'm very excited about this. It may be that they're looking for a two or three year project, but it could be the signage that we talk about. It could be collecting money for one of the pocket parks or, or maybe constructing one of the overlooks that's one of the 34 projects in here. So yeah, it's already happening. We're real excited about it. Okay, great. Okay, so it's happening at the Rotary, and there's a lot of other service clubs, and maybe we can get some friendly competition going here and, and, and see what plays out. Uh, other council comments? With that, thank you very much. We're on to the next item on the agenda, uh, which is general public comment. Catherine Brabowski to be followed by James, uh, James Bennett. Yes, my name is Catherine Babrowski. I live at the Littlewoods, Mova Villa, Mobile Park at 1821 Lakeville Highway. First, I want to say you need more than two police dispatchers. Uh, that's all you've got working. And also, too, I want to give you an update what's happening at Littlewoods. First, we've been getting gangbangers in there, terrorizing, harassing, vandalizing, and we do not have a r real manager on site. Our manager, so-called manager, is a joke. She leaves uh, for um, Mexico for about eight months to, to keep her citizenship to Mexico. She comes back pregnant so she can have her babies here. And she gets paid hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for, for doing no work at all. Period. Now the manager or her supervisor is buying her a whole brand, brand new mobile home. Three-bedroom uh, three uh, three mobile home for doing no work at all. Period. And she doesn't do anything. She's never there. She doesn't do no work at all. And also, too, uh, the police need to start uh, giving tickets to the Latinos in there. They're parking on the fire lanes, 
vandalizing, terrorizing, trespassing, constantly, nonstop. They're not doing that. See, the police are supposed to be protect to serve everyone, not protect to serve the Latinos only, period. And also, like last week, I had some Latino gangbangers were uh, trespassing my home site property, picking inside my window. I went down and filed a, a police report on it on Thursday. On that Thursday afternoon, some Latino officer comes to my door, uh, my window, banging on my windows because of, I was have a file a police report on that. I thought God, they got, I thought the Latino officer was going to break my window. He was breaking on my, he was banging on my windows instead of knocking on my door like a normal person. Do something about this park. Investigate the park, and also get the police chief out there. I got some neighbors who like to talk to him and show what's going on in that park. You have no idea. You don't live there. You don't see what's going on. Do something. Thank you. James Bennett, please, to be followed by Peter Chernoff. My name is James Bennett. I am a businessman and uh, activist from here in Sonoma County, and I have uh, some very important information to share for those that might be watching from home. I think we all know that the United Nations is not this warm and fuzzy peacekeeping organization like we thought when we were kids. It is the organization and the vehicle for elitists and globalists that intend to impose a one world government and a, their brand of serfdom on the entire planet. Now, under the guise of environmentalism, they include our communities and their sphere of influence through an alphabet of NGOs. I don't need to remind anybody what NGO stands for. Uh, namely, ICLE, International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives. Evidently, the international part was a little too telling, so they're going by local governments for sustainability. This is the important part I wanted some people listening to know. Once a town signs up with ICLE on, as a charter on a voluntary basis, the dynamic that is central to representative government is no longer in place. Your town and all of our cities in Sonoma County, including the county itself, are members of ICLE. Once we sign up, our public officials no longer work for us. They take directive from and are accountable to this globalist NGO complete with measurable chronological goals and bribed and extorted uh, to carry out their will with our money. That is why it is an act of God to rebuild your barn or have a guest cottage. That's what defunding 85% of our roads is about. That's what the smart train's about. The smart train isn't a transportation plan. It's a land use plan, as is the one bay area plan. Now at two in the morning, I try to imagine a public official having full knowledge of the One Bay Area plan, but somehow thinking it's okay to keep it a secret. It will decimate the economy and the property rights for the eight million people in and around that Bay Area as intended. I had to teach myself to publish a newspaper to let my fellow citizens know about it. It's called the North Bay Independent. You can get on there uh, online uh, at the northbayindependent.org and uh, learn about that which should have been in front of our noses on the ballot and we should be sick of talking about. Rumor has it there's a gentleman here by the name of Mike Harris that could maybe think for himself a little bit and I want to let you know that if there is a public official in this county that wants to step out of their allegiance to this globalist NGO and work for the people 
we will rush to your side and the dynamic central to representative government will be restored and that will be a magic day. Thank you. Thank you. Peter Cherneth, please. It's been a while. How's everybody doing? Uh, you know, James Bennett, I can tell you, James, he's, he's pretty much on the money, but it's all about timing. And, of course, the answer comes right about now, right here in this rhyming. In today's PD, lordy, lordy, what did I see? Efren Carrillo and Trayvon Martin, such insanity. No further comment on either case. It's time all leaders look to their mirrors and their face. I've spoken repeatedly free of fear at our personal connection to Brother Leonard Peltier. The moment's upon us for leaders to lead with all your strength and love ceasing all greed. Fifty million worldwide have been murdered since Peltier's been locked in prison. We all possess the common goal of true freedom. Be ye now arisen. You need look no further neither net search. All true-hearted heroes come now join my church. The church of the glowing crystal most green, found only in the promised land, you know what I mean. Our first action by almighty force, without compromise, be all bankers' influence nationwide to exorcise. As the strike surfaces all throughout the Bay, all Catholics, Christians, Muslims, Jews, and Satanists, straight or gay, all true hearts now off the fence, pay no mortgages, so to no rents. Just where to begin and your thoughts might incline, beginning now to reach full force by July 29. Police and sheriffs also be called forth, nationwide, east, west, south, and north. Cease all involvement for what the government does subsidize, for the promised land be in my eyes. I am Peter, a.k.a. Cactus Pete, often bitter, sometimes sweet. As I say it, so be it, see? As I say it, so mote it be. Comes now the spiritual warfare as an, as an art. All labor ceases, along with Bart. I'll take a smile. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, that's it for public comment tonight. Uh, I don't have any other speaker cards. So no one else step up to uh, address the council. Public comment is hereby closed. We'll start council comment on the uh, left end this evening. Council Member Miller. Um, okay. Uh, planning Commission update. Uh, we swore in our new planning commissioners at the last planning commission last week. Uh, Jennifer Pierre is back for another term. Jocelyn Lynn, Richard Marzo, and JT Wick. Uh, we do have one vacancy as a result of Ray Johnson resigning due to health issues, and I believe that's on the agenda for us to fill on August 5th. Um, we looked at the Lynch Creek Plaza development. Um, that was a, a general plan amendment, a zoning amendment, and a resolution recommending the City Council approve an initial study mitigated negative declaration. Uh, the Planning Commission voted to deny the general plan amendment and rezoning, so we didn't actually get to the uh, mitigated negative declaration. I think that one's likely to be appealed, and so we'll probably see it here at the Council. Um, and then uh, we also began the public hearing on the Riverfront Mixed Use Project, um, and that was referenced in the Petaluma Waterways uh, presentation. That's the, the boathouse um, where they were showing the boathouse. And um, we'll conclude the public hearing on that project on August 13th. And um, that's it. Thank you. Councilmember Healy. Yeah, thank you. I wasn't actually planning on saying anything tonight, but one of the public speakers um, 
you know, I, I, I do think that um, th there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. Um, there seem to be other parts of the Bay Area that are more richly populated with folks who think that way than, than we are. At least I've been uh, under that happy supposition. Um, and we did get a flavor of it tonight. I just do want to assure the community that the entire council's first and foremost obligation is to the community. That's what you elect us for. That's what we're here for. Uh, are there regional organizations? You bet. Um, are they doing things? Yes. Do we keep an eye on them? Yes. Are there reasons for what they're doing? Yes. Are there reasons to be concerned? Maybe. But the, the hyperbolic rhetoric that we get is just beyond belief and um, y you know you can put your pitchfork away things are going to be fine and um, and that'll do it for now thank you thank you <laughs> vice mayor albertson not tonight thank you sir um, well uh, like council member healy i also wasn't planning to speak and um, it's another uh, public comment that i'm going to refer to I really think with what is going on uh, both in our uh, country and locally, we really don't need um, very incendiary language to be spoken at the city council, uh, bringing up racial epithets, deciding that people are acting by their race. Um, I think that's really offensive. It has been brought up to this speaker before that this language is not acceptable under any circumstances, but it's certainly not acceptable at the city council. Um, I think our police act as professionals, no matter if they're Latino or if they're not. And, and I really um, know that our city staff has responded many times to that speaker's concerns about what is going on at her mobile home park and have not yet found anything that they have been able to find as a violation of the law. So I really, um, I apologize to the public for having to hear that. Thank you. Councilmember Kearney. Uh, yesterday I had the privilege of attending the Art and Garden Festival downtown. Uh, it was great to see so many people out in the community uh, enjoying the great weather and, and all of the artists that were there to sell their products. Uh, the Downtown Association did a great job putting that event together. Uh, and so th there was that. Uh, and then as we sit here tonight, our uh, Petaluma Valley Little League team is playing uh, in the, I'll call it the consolation bracket. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll get some good news from Dixon on that team and, and hopefully they'll be able to move forward and uh, be as successful as our National League team last year. Oh, with that, that's it. Councilmember Harris. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just want to publicly congratulate uh, Sean Tucker Cullen from uh, Boy Scouts Troop 9 for attaining the level of uh, Eagle Scout. And I was honored to present him the proclamation from the city this weekend, but I told his mother that I would honor him publicly here, and they could be in the minutes, and they could put it up on his wall. Um, I was also going to say something about the Petaluma Valley Little League. We had the honor of uh, actually driving out to Dixon and watching their game. Unfortunately, they didn't win, but hopefully we'll get good news tonight. Um, then on my council liaison updates, uh, we had a very... Uh, light agenda on the SCTA meeting last week and we don't have a meeting in August and our next meeting won't be until September 9th so I won't have an SCTA related update until probably that night at the council meeting unless there's press releases that come out from the SCTA which of course I'll share with the council but there won't be an SCTA related update probably till September 9th um, 
and uh, our youth commission is dark during the summer so I won't have an update from that until September and uh, our technology meeting is next week so I don't have any updates on that front so thank you Mr. Mayor. Thank you. I want to thank Congressman Huffman he was here on Friday, Councilmember Barrett, myself, a number of business uh, entities were there represented. Uh, we took a brief cruise on the river, talked about the dredging uh, what can be done to secure funds, recognizing the challenges that take place in Washington, D.C. to accomplish dredging here in Petaluma. It's vitally important. And that uh, we're also looking at getting that flood control project fixed. And I, I think we're in good hands with uh, Congressman Huffman in that he has a level of expertise uh, and a passion for environmental issues as an environmental attorney that uh, predates his time in the state legislature. We were also fortunate to have had a homegrown congresswoman here representing us for 20 years. So uh, progress continues to be made. It may be measured progress depending upon the capability of Washington to appropriate funds, but our staff is very cognizant of the issue and they've brought Congressman Huffman up to speed where I'm confident that he also is very cognizant of the issue and knows the groundwork in Washington and how uh, to traverse that if it's possible to do so. And so with that, uh, we will eventually, I think, succeed. I don't know what date eventuality comes. Uh, Mr. City Manager. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I've been asked by uh, a, a few of the council to try to provide an update to the community regarding the progress of the East Washington Interchange Project. Uh, I don't have a great deal of information to share with you all this evening, but I will share what I have. Uh, it has appeared uh, to the untrained eye that there hasn't been much going on with that project for a while, and, and what's actually happened is the retaining wall that was built as part of that northbound on-ramp requires a, uh, or has required a 90-day settling period, and so that settling period ended right around the end of June of this year, and that leaves the project ready to move forward. Um, I'm advised by our Public Works Department that the northbound on-ramp should be back in service by Labor Day of this year, and once that's the case, then uh, the completion of the rest of the project uh, is the next step. And while Caltrans is telling us that we can expect a June of 2014 completion date on that project, uh, it's very likely if, if weather is favorable and things move in the way they look like they will, that we could actually be looking at something about six months out rather than a year. So that is what I have to share with you on that subject this evening. Thank you very much. With that, uh, I want to give a bulletin board on appointments that are coming up. Um, Councilmember Miller had referenced the Planning Commission. There is one vacancy to complete an unexpired four-year term. That term will expire on June 30th, 2016. And there is an additional supplemental questionnaire that is required for the Planning Commission over and beyond what is required for other committees. Uh, the time frame to apply is no later than July 29th for the people in the community that might be interested in applying for that. Or here are the other uh, committees that also have an opening, Animal Service Services Advisory Committee has one vacancy to serve a three-year term that expires June 30th, 2016. 
The Transit Advisory Committee has one vacancy to serve a two-year term that will expire June 30th, 2015. The Senior Advisory Committee has one vacancy to serve a two-year term that will expire June 30th, 2015. And the Youth Commission has one adult member vacancy to serve a two-year term that will expire on June 30th, 2015. Applications and full descriptions of the volunteer positions are available at the City Clerk's Office here in City Hall, which is located at 11 English Street in Petaluma, or by calling the Clerk's Office or by visiting the sites that uh, are identified. You can go to www.cityofpetaluma.net or call the city at 778-4360, and you'll get the information that you need. So with that, we're on to report out of a closed session. Mr. City Attorney. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. There's no reportable action tonight. Thank you. We're on to uh, the agenda, which is uh, first agenda item 1A. Councilmember Barrett has uh, requested amendments to the uh, minutes of the Monday, June 17th regular city council PCDSA meeting. The clerk has notice of the request of uh, the amendments. Councilmember Barrett. So do you want me to read them into the record? Just that would be good. Okay. Um, on page one, uh, line 27, uh, it's Principal Jim McGloin, G-L-O-I-N. That's a misspelling. On page 21, um, the vote was recorded as five to two, but on page line 49, it says there no's were none. There should be two, Glass and Barrett. And on page um, 24, line 23, the the vote should be recorded as five to zero. And on um, line, I think 25 and six, you should remove the names Teresa Barrett and Mike Healy, and put those in. I was, I don't know if you put them in as abstained. Yes. So those are the changes. And with that, I would approve the amended. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mayor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. Healy. Yeah, those those are all good. And then I found one more, and that's on page one at line 20. Mr. Sharkey's name doesn't need a Y. Okay. And if I may, Mr. Mayor, on that topic, that's also on page six, line 41. His name is spelled incorrectly as well. And then again, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> yes, sir. On page, 20, on page 24, line 33. Uh, again, it should be changed to McGloin with an L. Okay. So with those changes to the minutes on 1A, do we have any other changes that are recommended by the council? Mr. Attorney, I'm going to ask you, normally we don't take a vote. Nor normally we're not editing the minutes. Do we just accept them as amended and that's it? If, if, the, if the mayor and council wish, I think it's fine to say um, that, the, that, that the minutes are deemed approved as amended unless there's council objection. And so if that's all good with everybody, objection. there's where we are. We're, uh, we're finished with 1A. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Attorney. We're on to item 1B. This is approval of minutes of regular City Council PCDSA meeting of Monday, July 1st, 2013. So moved. Uh, if there are no objections to the minutes, they'll be approved without a motion as presented. So I don't hear any corrections to those minutes. Uh, we're on to item 1C, this is the approval of minutes of Special City Council PCDSA workshop meeting of Monday, July 8th. Are there any amendments suggested to item 1C? Hearing none, those will be adopted as presented. We're on to uh, 
item 2A, which is approval of proposed agenda. Um, the agenda has been revised from your original um, packet. So we would be looking at the revised agenda item 2A, revision number one, dated Thursday, July 11, 2013. And we've got a revision number two, thank you, on the dais. So we'd be looking at revision number two, revised July 15th. 2013. Thank you, Council Member. I'll move to approve that motion. Uh, Mr. Mayor. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to uh, request the Council's consideration for adding an additional item. Um, and this is as a result, to some degree, of a, a newspaper article that ran recently, but um, having to do with the, uh, the property immediately south of town controlled by the uh, Dry Creek Band. And um, it's no criticism of anyone who was quoted in the article, but I do think. Um, this does have a, a camel's nose under the corner of the tent quality to it, and, and I think it would behoove us to, to take a more proactive stance. I've, I've taken the liberty of drafting um, a, a letter that I will circulate amongst the dais, and um, there's a couple extras for the public if they're interested in seeing it. But it's, it's proposed as a potential seven-letter or seven-signature letter. Um, requesting that Senator Feinstein and, and uh, Representative Huffman uh, oppose the application to take the, the parcel into trust uh, on behalf of the tribe um, because you just cannot guarantee against the possibility of a casino there uh, and I think that would be a, a, a really bad thing for this community so hopefully that will start a conversation I'm, I'm planning on um, fine-tuning that I'm open to input on that but I'd like to have that uh, added to the agenda so that we can uh, have that conversation okay so that that would come back uh, the letter would come back the agenda item would be agended uh, agendized and noticed for the meeting of July 15th is what you're suggesting what's well, August 5 yes August 5 the next meeting mr. Brown I'm fine okay. with that. the council is mr. mayor so we're talking about uh, is there a chance that we can start this meeting at 6.45? We've, we did that tonight. I think it worked a, a successful experience. Sure. So uh, if we could add Mr. Healy's suggestion to the meeting of um, uh, yeah, August 5th. What did I say earlier? July 15th. <laughs> Time flies when we're having fun. <laughs> to the meeting of August 5th. Thank you. Uh, so with that addition and with the time change to 645. So moved. I'll second it, Mr. Mayor. We have a motion and a second. Discussion, Mr. Harris. Uh, just a request from staff if we could reach out to Henry Micus again. I know we asked him while he was here a couple weeks ago, but since the meeting got bumped, if we could just request that he send us the presentation beforehand regarding the bag ban so we have time to discuss it, have our question tree and everything. Um, but I have no problem with the motion, Mr. Mayor. Okay. All right, so we've got a motion and a second uh, on the meeting of August 5th with a start time of 6.45. All on, we, we'll vote by the lights because we just make sure we get on the record. Okay, so that's fine. We're set with that. We're on to the consent calendar. I do not have any public comment cards on the consent calendar tonight. Items 3A, B, and C. Uh, if there's anyone that wishes to address the council on these items, this would be the time to do it. Seeing no one rise, public comment on the consent calendar is hereby opened and subsequently closed. Is there any discussion? If not, I will entertain a motion for the consent calendar. So moved. Second. 
We have a motion by Barrett, a second by uh, Kearney. If there is no discussion, we'll vote by the lights on the consent calendar items 3A, B, and C. Motion by Barrett, second by Kearney, carries unanimously. We're, uh, we changed the order of uh, the uh, meeting tonight, so item 5A is next. This is a resolution ordering abatement of nuisances consisting of weeds growing upon public and private property in the city of Petaluma and ordering the fire department to abate said weeds by contract if property owners fail to do so. And uh, with that, I've got an order here of council members that will need to be stepping aside as we go through these items. So I need to take just a moment and get to that spot in my packet. Council member Harris will be leaving the dais and the first vote will take place on West Haven Lane. This is uh, access to the water towers off West Haven, Windsor Drive near the water towers and Windsor Drive in Edinburgh. Uh, with Council Mer Harris gone from the dais, I'll move the item of those three uh, areas for weed abatement. Do I have a second? Second. We have a second by Miller. Uh, we'll vote by the lights. That carries unanimously with Council Member Harris recused. Council Member Harris will come back to the dais, and with that, I'll be leaving the dais, and the Vice Mayor will take over. And the records show that Mayor Glass has left the room. We have um, uh, an address of 1860 D Street Extension. Uh, clearing of weeds for that. Uh, do we have a motion? So moved. Second? Second. And with that, we'll vote by the lights. Oh, need to redo it. Oh, oh, oh. We'll have to vote one more time. One more, we have one more. One more time. Technical malfunction. Okay. State of the art 1950s technology. Uh, one more time. Okay, yeah, the white. Not yet. The light's not coming on. Ah, there you go. There we go. And that's unanimous with uh, Mayor Glass abstaining. On the edge of our seats for that one. Yeah. Whew wedding <laughs> thank you with that uh, council member Healy and council member Barrett will be leaving the dais and uh, we have a vote on weed abatement at 368 Petaluma Boulevard North I'll make that motion is there a second oh second, so. a second by Miller uh, we'll vote by the lights on this one if the clerk could please remove the uh, vote the last time around if everybody's set now we'll vote by the lights Motion carries unanimously with Council Members Healy and Barrett uh, recused. They now come back to the Council Dais, and with that, with all members present at the Dais, the Council will hereby entertain a motion on the remaining parcels. So moved. Second. We have a motion by Kearney, a second by Harris, and we'll vote on all of the remaining parcels. With that, uh, that motion carries unanimously. And we are on to item 5B. I do have a speaker card on item 5B. Uh, Rhonda Barger, is it? 
say your name if you want and say your piece. <laughs> Thank Hi. you for being here. I'm Rhonda Barger. You need to speak right into the microphone, please. And pull it down. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. Usually my voice carries, or so my husband says. My name's Rhonda Barger. I live at 1932 Granite Valley Way here in Petaluma. I'm in the Cross Creek subdivision which is, I have to put my glasses on, please, uh, bordered by Eli to the west, Casa Grande to you the south. You need to speak into the microphone. <laughs> it moves. Yes, Eli to the west, Casa Grande to the south, and Hidden Valley to the east. I believe you all have received my letter, our letter, and our photos, um, which basically depict the state of the landscape areas in our subdivision. It was our understanding that the landscape uh, assessment district and the fees that were charged on our taxes would take care of this, but unfortunately that doesn't seem to be the case. As you can see from those photos that you have in your hands, for the past three years my husband and I have contacted the city and complained about the state of uh, the landscape in this area. As you can see, it's severely overgrown. Um, all of the walkers, the joggers, the bikers, the dog walkers, it's, it's really pretty disgusting. So as I sit here and listen to 5A where you're, from what I can understand, you are determining where you're going to be having weed abatement and things, and I, I pay taxes for this and I'm trying to understand the process because the landscaping has not been maintained, the cost to restore it to an acceptable, acceptable condition is going to be way more than what's already been assessed on our yearly basis. And we don't believe the subdivision should be responsible for the additional cost. We don't understand why there apparently is no process in place to inspect the landscape assessment districts. I understand there's 44 of them across the city to assure that they are being maintained. We also wonder where the assessment money is going if the work's not being done. So we would like to see an accounting and request from the council that if you could provide us with some kind of accounting for the assessment of our landscape district. Where is this money going that my neighborhood looks like this? I walk this area four times a day. I clean up after my dog. I see hundreds, and I do mean hundreds, because Weissman Park, as you can see, is right there. Look at the access. Look at that building where the water pump is. And what was really um, disturbing is what the city went and had to do the reclaimed water. They planned to do the reclaimed water for Weissman Park. You drove over the sidewalk into that park with ruts from your equipment, and nothing's been repaired, so now the weeds are three feet high. So once again, trying to understand, if we're trying to beautify Petaluma, and I'm paying tax dollars to this, can someone please explain? And can someone please tell me where my tax dollars are going? Because right now, I don't see it. Thank you. Questions? I am sure that we can get to the bottom of explaining the mechanisms inside of this assessment district as we have with others. Uh, we may not be able to do this in a pop quiz, but I think that we will be able to get a staff uh, answer generated back in a reasonable time frame to you. Uh, and is it possible to get an accounting? Uh, the last accounting that I saw posted on the website was from 2006. There was quite a bit of money in that account. Nothing's been posted that I could find. Now, I surf the web a lot. I couldn't find anything. Um, Mr. Brown. I was just going to answer that question in the affirmative. We can certainly put together an accounting of what's been spent in that particular assessment district or, or any assessment district for that matter and be happy to do that. So is there, just for my own understanding, is there a process? Is there something that the city does when you have this on our tax bill, everybody pays, and I know I saw one landscape 
company out last year one time to do any maintenance on that. So just try once again trying to get an understanding. How does this work? Unfortunately, let me let me give you an understanding of what happens in a lot of neighborhoods. Okay, because people will come up to the neighborhood that I live in and they say your neighborhood's very well maintained. That is true. Our neighborhood has a private assessment district and it runs. A, I quit looking at it because my wife pays that bill actually, but it runs about one hundred and fifteen dollars a month. Um, the assessments that we have around the city are very small, relatively speaking, assessments. Mm -hmm. We can get to the bottom of this and we can figure it out. Uh, I can get back to you before the next meeting on August 5th, okay. if you like. Uh, but I'm sure that you'll get a staff-generated uh, response in a timely manner. The response may not be the answers that you're looking for, and the response may not you may not find uh, satisfactory to what you hope to achieve here. But you can get an accounting for what has been done and why what has been left on the table has not been done. I think yeah, that's reasonable. I think, yeah, excuse me. The, the, our main concern is, as you can see, it's quite overgrown, and I see that you know they're looking at raising these assessments, which maybe that has to be done. But to let it go into this state of disarray and mismanagement and just not no maintenance it's going to cost a lot of money to get this back let's let we'll get to the bottom of this between now and and august 5th all right okay. mr mayor mr healy yeah i'd, I'd actually I, I, that that's all fine but i'd like to take it another step because i, I look at these pictures and i know this is not the the only uh place in town where the, these kinds of conditions have occurred although this is pretty bad um, I would like to have a, a follow-up on this at one of the meetings in September. I'd like staff to see if they can actually remedy this situation. And, and if they can't, then quite frankly, we need to have a policy discussion around that. Um, because this, this is no way to run a railroad. Well, and, um, and, and it may not be. So, But I can tell you it's a ramification of the challenges that the city is facing, whether it's the aesthetics that you're looking at or whether it's the potholes in the street or whether it's the condition of the sewer system, this is just something that glares and you see it every day. Right. And, and so between now and August 5th, we will get back and we'll have more information and it'll start a discussion and we'll see where this leads. Okay? But we're not going to answer it here right now I, tonight. I understand. I just, yeah. I, for three years in a row to have to continually, because from my perspective, if, I, if the only thing that spawns somebody to come out and take care of that is me calling saying, hey, my weeds are now touching the bottom branches of the trees that I run by, that's not okay with me. Okay. Thank you very much. Great. Thank yep. you. Would you please do me a favor and leave with the clerk your contact information? Okay, so we know how to get a hold of you. And um, we'll do that. And the clerk will give you my email address, if you would, please. Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Yes, sir. Mr. Albertson. Uh, rather than have just a response go to this lady, which is appropriate, I'd like to have a public response. We've had a public complaint here. I'd like to have the public hear the response so yeah. openly at the meeting. Thank Perfect. you, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so with that... Um, this is item 5B, that's the public comment that we have. And this is a public hearing to receive public comment, amend the engineer's report if necessary, and adopt a resolution ordering the improvements and confirming the diagrams and annual assessments for Landscape Assessment District fiscal year 2013-14. So with what we just heard, what we have in front of us at least is an initial step, we may wind up 
finding out that we want to adjust it at some point in the future if indeed we're going to add additional programs into these assessment districts but that would be a rather lengthy process I think because it would require notification of all of the affected tax holders and notice and 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 walk through that so Mr. Danley we have in front of us something to approve that allows us to do business as we've done it to date on this agenda item and we can come back and amend it if that's the direction and action that the council wants to take at some future date would that be correct uh, yes, I mean we the the report that you have before you um, sets an upper limit on the work that can be levied and the cost that can be levied as part of this proceeding. Um, you could reduce it given the notice that's been given, but you couldn't expand it. Um, and would that be true for the entire year? So would we be locked in at this level for the entire year? Well, this would be the levy for and, this, and we couldn't amend it any time during the calendar year. Because if the solution is more revenue for the complaint that we've heard, and admittedly it's one complaint, uh, then we're going to look at something that's going to be a one-year program to come back to adjust in a following year. Right. I, um, this is it's set up as an annual, a fiscal year annual action. So if and, and so that that would be for the year's program. So um, if the council wants to reconsider the program or part of the program for this year's levy I think you may want to continue this but if we did continue it it would put all of these assessment districts on hold and nothing would get done anywhere because there would be no collection of money anywhere and we'd be in a worse position than we are right now potentially I know is that is that right because um, and I'm getting nodded agreement from Mr. St. John, the Public Works Director, that you know by trying to improve ourselves we would be in a worse position. So it may be that the laws being what the laws are, it may be that this is going to be a one-year issue to figure out where we go next year. That that may be where we're boxed into. It it's true that the action before the council at least provides for the improvements that are currently budgeted and the maintenance that's currently budgeted. Um, that's part of the annual um, improvements. I'm just looking to see if I can tell from this if there's. And I'm not advocating for anything right now. I'm just trying to expose what the alternatives are and make sure we don't make things uh, more challenging for us going forward. Well, because it looks like this is on a fiscal year basis. Is that right, Dan? So, okay. Um, if I could jump in on that. At the last meeting where I think we noticed this, we had a spreadsheet showing um, balances by LAD, and, and that's not attached here tonight. I was wondering if, if you could remind us off the top of your head what the one, what the balance was for Cross Creek. Um, Anyone? I can't. Would it be possible to take a brief intermission and get that information? It was, it was attached to the last time this came through. Do you want to just continue this item and, and come back to it later? Uh, what I'm wondering if we can get the answers tonight or if there's any harm if we approved all the other assessment districts and pulled this one out, is, uh, is there any downside to continuing this one assessment district to August 5th or does that mean that we have to go through all re-noticing and everything else all over again? Probably does. Why don't we take, take your initial suggestion and see if we can f see if staff can find the previous let's let's um let's hold item 5b and let's go back to item 4a 
and continue that way and see if we get an answer in the interim. Mr. Mayor. Mr. Kearney. So looking at the next three items, they're all Mr. St. John's items, so I don't think that would give him much time to look that up. So again, I think your initial suggestion of taking a short recess might be the most prudent yeah. course of action. That's what makes us so much fun. So I guess I can make a motion that we take a 10 Let, let me do this. Let's take item 4D and see where that goes. See if that requires any discussion. And let's just table item 5B. And we're going to hold items 4A, B, and C for a moment. And if need be, then we'll take a brief break. But we'll get done what we can get done and see. And we've got item 4E also, and we've got uh, Heather Hines here. So we'll do uh, item 4D, and then item 4E, and then we'll come back and see where we are. Fair enough? Okay, so. And so we're on four to item 4D, correct? Yes, and Mr. Danley is walking out for the moment, but he may not be uh, need and to be. We don't here. really need Mr. Danley I for don't this think particular so. item. Okay, so item 4D is the resolution approving legal services agreement with Myers Nave and authorizing the mayor to execute the agreement and all related documents. Uh, this is something that uh, we've talked about a great deal leading up to bringing the attorney's office in house here, and it's the transitionary period. Uh, the staff report is pretty complete on this. Is there any discussion on the part of the council on item 4D? Okay. Mr. Mayor, more than willing to make the motion. Got a motion by Kearney. Do I have a second? Second. A second by Mr. Harris. And I need to open it up to public comment. I have no speaker cards on it. Is there anyone that wishes to address the council on item 4D? D is in David. Seeing no one rise. Public comment is hereby closed on item 4D. We'll vote on the motion by Kearney, the second by Harris. Mr. Mr. Albertson. Mr. Brown, uh, do we have the uh, recruitment underway for to fill the city attorney's office? Is that currently underway? We have one recruitment underway right now, as I indicate the staff report. That's the legal assistant position. We expect to have that position hired by the end, permanently hired by the end of this month. Uh, we have not initiated the recruitment for the two senior uh, attorneys yet. Their position classification descriptions have been drawn up. We still need to have a conversation with the unions about the appropriate placement of them within a bargaining unit. Uh, and once we've had that conversation through a meet and confer process, then we'll be free to advertise uh, those two vacancies, which we'll be doing very shortly. I'm saying I think we should be able to do that, begin that process by the end of the month. Uh, that leaves us about a three-month period of time at that point, give or take, to get those two bodies on board. You're comfortable with the October 31st date as the completion of this? Well, I think that that should give us sufficient time to, to get this transition done, or you know, if, if not all of it, enough of it to where we can, can start to work on our own. As I indicated in the staff report, I don't think we're going to be fully free of working with this particular firm for a while. I mean, if that were the council's goal, and you certainly haven't stated being free of them is what you want to do, but you know, I think we are going to have some continued reliance on them as we move forward into the future. So we will probably be back uh, extending a contract for a reduced scope of services as we work our way through a, some backlog of cases that really don't make sense being transitioned off to either a different contractor or being taken in-house. But, but I think for the purposes that we're trying to get through the transition, this should give us the time that we need to get that done. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Okay, thank you. We have a motion by Kearney, a second by Harris on item 4D. D is in uh, David. Do we have any other discussion? 
Seeing no other discussion, we'll vote by the lights. This is a resolution approving legal services agreement with Myers Nave and authorizing the mayor to execute the agreement and all related documents. And that motion carries unanimously. And with that, we're on to item 4E. We have Heather Hines, planning manager, with us. Uh, this is uh, the subject matter of the Sonoma County General Plan and zoning amendments that the county is proposing for renewable energy. Thank you for being here, Ms. Hines. Good evening, Mayor, Council Members. Um, before you tonight is a discussion, consideration of Sonoma County amendments to both the general plan and their zoning code to deal with renewable energy facilities. Um, no specific action, but the recommendation from staff is to consider this item and direct staff to prepare comments to the Board of Supervisors as may be appropriate. Um, this package of policy and regulation amendments went before the Board of Supervisors in May. It was continued to August. Um, staff did prepare a letter that was considered by Board of Supervisors asking for some additional time because of the lateness it came to staff's attention. Um, so part of this, obviously these are, these are great ideas to facilitate um, additional renewable energy sources. The area that staff is concerned about is some of the regulations that put it into place. More than the policy um, aspects, it's when it really comes down to where these facilities would be allowed, what criteria the county would be looking at to allow them. Um, one of the things that's being looked at for the general plan amendment is a definition of accessory renewable energy facilities versus commercial. Accessory would be to provide the energy for the on-site uses up to 125% of the energy needs of those uses on-site, whereas a commercial would be for um, energy for uses off-site. So that's a big, that's a big difference. Um, accessory would be allowed in almost all of the zoning districts in the county by right where the commercial would be allowed mostly by use permit, minor use permit in some cases. And one of the big changes is allowing it on ag lands. And um, one of the things this map shows, the, the black and white spots are the Petaluma boundaries. And the green that's surrounding the city, uh, light green at the more north or east side is um, considered diverse agriculture, and the darker green that's more along the west and south edges is um, land extensive agriculture. And those are two of the agricultural districts that would now allow these renewable, commercial renewable energy facilities. So it really does impact Petaluma in that we're talking about the majority of the lands that surround the city or the urban growth boundaries. Um, as staff outlined in the staff report, that although there's criteria that are outlined, those criteria really look at ag lands as productive ag lands or um, biotic resources and says stay away from them if they're those, but they, they don't seem to recognize ag for the kind of scenic qualities, the rural character, the scenic open spaces, which are very important policy items in the city's general plan when we're talking about maintaining that buffer around the urban growth boundaries, um, a lot of the city's gateways 
those are very important differentiations. Um, so those are the items that staff outlined in the staff report as feeling like are particularly important to Petaluma and maintaining those policies in our general plan. And I'm happy to answer questions where I can about what's being proposed and get direction. Councilmember Barrett. Um, one, thank you for your uh, your report. One one of the uh, terms that's used several times in this report is um, urban service area, and I'm just wondering, does that the same as the sphere of influence? Yes, it, it, they are exactly the same. Okay, good because it wasn't defined anywhere. No, I, I called and spoke with a PRMD planner to get that clarification. Okay. Well, and one of the one of the things also that I did learn in talking as a follow-up to the May item was that one of the things they're looking at doing is a renewable energy combining district overlay, if you will. And the first go-around, a commercial solar facility would have been permitted if there was that combining district. That proposal is now that they always be conditional use permits because one of staff's other concerns was. If it's a permitted use, there's no discretionary process that would cause a referral to the city that would alert the city that would allow the city to at least submit comments. So that has been changed, and Steph believes that's a really good process improvement by the county. Okay. Mr. Albertson, then Ms. Miller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, we, this came up once before, and just, I think, theoretical, but the discussion of a solar farm out on uh, Freitas Road at Adobe, and just one person's opinion. I, 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 I like the idea of solar power, and I like it on rooftops and such, but out in that open area, and you mentioned in your presentation, the gateways into town, uh, that is not one of the more aesthetic things to look at, large uh, reflective panels out at that, at that location of several acres. The, uh, uh, the parking lot covers uh, Petaluma High School uh, that has uh, uh, solar. I think that's a neat use and a neat thing to do and would support that type of, uh, of uh, a renewable energy. But the, the aesthetic issue is a real issue for me. And so I'd like to see that reflected in the policy that the county comes up with. And as you say, that uh, the city notified there were things that are happening adjacent to city limits that will certainly have an impact on us as, as it goes forward. We'd have some input into that. I think those are all valuable points. Thank you. Councilmember Miller. Yes, just a question. Um, the diverse agriculture and land extensive agriculture, we're we talking about mostly grazing lands. Is that yeah, they're that not the differentiation, so they're not actually crops on it, it's grazing land? Yeah, they're not the high productive crop lands okay. um, that you see. A lot of that is further north in the county, and that has a different zoning designation, which is LIA, land intensive agriculture. Land intensive agriculture. Okay, Correct. thank you. Mr. Healy. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I agree with the comments that other council members have made, and thank you for the thorough report, uh, Ms. Hines. Um, you know, back when I was uh, on the Novato Narrows Policy Advisory Group, back when that existed, there was a lot of discussion about scenic corridor designation. Um, and we never did that because there were too many technical requirements, but it doesn't mean that there wasn't a lot of support for that in concept, and, and I continue to feel that way um, about the, uh, the corridors coming into town. 
uh, the major corridors and, and also the gateways, as you say. Um, the community does very much support the uh, the buffers around the urban growth boundary. Um, so I, I, I would hope that the county can be careful in crafting its policies to, to take those into account. Thank you. I want to piggyback on that because that's exactly where I was going uh, with my thought process here, the open space district. Uh, Petaluma taxpayers have paid a lot of money into that open space district. And part of what at least I felt like we're purchasing with my tax dollar when I do it is uh, this idea of green belt separations. And it's what keeps this area from turning into a San Jose. And to then load up the green belt separation area because someone says, well, there's not valuable crops being grown, uh, so therefore we can do this. Uh, you can harvest the byproduct of the solar far more effectively with the way the vice mayor is suggesting, and that ought to be implemented. It ought to be implemented at the county hospital. It ought to be implemented at the county where the offices are. It ought to be implemented in a lot of different places. Uh, to just decimate scenic corridors, uh, I think that's really um, a violation of what the taxpayer has paid for with a lot of their open space purchases and their thought process. Councilmember Barrett. Um, well, I agree with that, and I know that there is a, uh, there's mention about open space that is actually open space that was paid for by open space dollars, that there won't be any allowing of, of the solar panels on that unless there's, that's already built into the open space acquisition. But needless to say, I agree that that I think that this should really be very limited. Um, I think existing buildings, existing uh, places should be able to have uh, uh, solar on their on their buildings, you know, as opposed to on their fields. Um, one of the things that I think is really missing here is the whole findings. What are the findings that they have to make in order to issue this conditional use permit? That's not even addressed throughout this entire thing. So it's a very squishy subject, and I think we need to really nail that down. One of the things is the view impairment. Um, these properties that we're showing right here are right next to our city, and so we, we would have um, a, a very clear nexus there. But practically everybody in Petaluma can see the Sonoma Mountains, and if there were solar panels all over the Sonoma Mountains, that would, that would really influence you know, and degrade our view, I think. And, you know, and that would be, what do you do? Do you have um, noticing of 500 feet? 500 feet out in the rural area is not much. That might be one or two uh, different properties. But, you know, we really need as a city to be notified about that. And it's not just our urban growth boundary, which I think the mayor makes an excellent point. Here the cities have voted what huge majorities throughout the, the county to contain themselves within an area so we don't have urban sprawl and we don't look like Santa Clara. And now you have the county just jumping in and, and putting sprawl out in the county and, and defeating the purpose of both the open space and the urban growth boundaries. Um, we really need to make sure that the cities are notified of these, you know, of these issues, and not only at our urban growth boundary, but at our extension areas as well. Anything that, that even gets near those should be, should be notified to the city. Um, and I actually think anything within our view corridor should be notified to us. 
um, I think that the kind of um, the onus in having what is being suggested here shifts the burden from anyone who wants to put the uh, the solar panels or the wind uh, wind turbines on their property on their agricultural property. It shifts it to the public having to say no, you can't do that. You know this is uh, uh, this is affecting us rather than having the burden on them as to why that's a benefit for the community of Sonoma County. And I think that that needs to be readjust it so that the the onus stays on the person who wants to intensify the use of that property so I think that should be added in what our comments are the notification I think has to be extended to anything that we could see um, the findings need to be defined better uh, you know those those are just the things that I, I think are critical um, yeah I think this has huge implications you know I mean just like no one thought we'd have an asphalt plant on the side of our town, you know, uh, you know, the the failure of imagination should not keep us from saying that we want to have the strongest controls possible and the strongest uh, respect for our our agricultural land, which supports so much of of who we are as a city and what Sonoma County is. So, thank you, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Carney. Uh, I had an interesting conversation over the weekend about this very topic with someone from Palm Desert. And there they're doing this with like some large volume, but it's desert land. And it's it's hugely different than our green pasture land that we have surrounding our community. So if we, I think we're in Palm Desert and we are surrounded by, you know, desert land that was really barren and we had no agricultural use for and wasn't really the most visually aesthetic, in my humble opinion, to look at, it would be a whole different issue, I think. Um, and that's, you know, so much of what people come here uh, in our or tourism dollars that we're really focusing on in our economic strategy, stu I, I think I just said strategy. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, anyway, <laughs> our strategic plan, sorry. Uh, you know, looking at, you know, bringing folks in, in with the, you know, bicyclists that are riding through our county and, you know, n now blinded by the solar fields that are they're right next writing next to isn't really going to be uh, conducive to us bringing in the, that, those tourism dollars. So I do have significant concerns about, about uh, moving forward and changing uh, as the county would like to. And I think we've we've seen before they don't always uh, uh, value our input on uh, ruining our urban separate. You know the the scenic separators as as uh, Councilmember Barrett referenced in regards to the asphalt plant. So so yeah, that's my input. Thank you. Okay, anything else? We're good to go. I think you're a good direction there, Mr. Brown, on the letter that will be crafted. I have one public comment card that wants to speak to this items and destiny. We're on item 4E. Uh, if renewables work, it wouldn't be an aesthetic issue. We'd work around the aesthetics. So if the philosophy behind what's being attempted to do <clears throat> was sound, well then we find a way to work around it and achieve some of those things that they say renewable do, does achieve. And I'm calling for the release of all patents, government patents into the public domain for the purpose of economic revitalization. And maybe there is renewable technology that's been suppressed, but currently this is a deindustrialization ploy because the, tree, the air that trees breathe is not bad. So 
I, I'm a decentralist. I support renewables to the, to the extent that they're economically viable, but it's like uh, if the government subsidized widgets, it has a, it has a, an effect on the widget market. So if the government is subsidizing energy, it has an effect on the entire market. So I, I think that the mass subsidization of renewables is not economically viable. I think currently the technology doesn't exist to make these generation claims. And Germany, Spain, and Italy just spent 25 years doing it. And I submitted technical papers a couple years ago to y'all. And what they found out was that after the subsidies ceased, the, the market petered out. You can't, you can't grow the economy on, on an energy tax. So, and these are window washing jobs. China has the market cornered, not coincidentally. So after you install them, they're just window washing jobs. So this is a deindustrialization ploy, and we're trading all our industry to India and China for window washing jobs, and it's just the tail end of this green shoots pork movement. Because General Electric and Westinghouse are gonna own all the new technology, all the, the electrical stuff's gonna come from China, and they're turning America into a service economy, the atmospheric rent seekers that say that the air that trees breathe is bad for us. So, we can't grow the economy on an energy tax. Thank you. And with that, there are no other uh, public comments on item 4E, at least I don't have any speaker cards. Anyone else wish to ad address the council on this item? Seeing no one else rise, public comment on item 4E is hereby closed. Uh, with that, I think the staff has pretty good direction. Mr. Brown. Well, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, well, first off, I wanted to uh, thank Ms. Hines for, for the staff report this evening. She did an excellent job on that, in my opinion. Uh, all the more excellent because she had to fit that into a really heavy workload uh, that worked out really kind of at the last minute for her. So I really appreciate her having put that together and done the research and talking with the county like she has to give us the background that we got. Uh, what, I, what I'm really uh, speaking though to this, this evening is, is we, I believe we do have good direction to write the letter. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and write that letter uh, on behalf of the city council and ask the mayor to sign that if that's okay with the rest of the council. That's how we would go about doing that. Uh, the county will be considering this item, I believe, at their meeting of the 6th of August, and we'd want to get that to them at least a week in advance. So we'd be shooting for a release on that letter about the beginning of next, next week at the latest, uh, which I believe accommodates both the mayor's schedule and getting that to the county on time. And if for some reason, because we're all here, if it needs to be signed, you're authorized to put my signature to it if I'm not available for some reason. Fair enough. And I guess one last thing I'd like to say is I appreciate the dialogue that we got from the council this evening on this topic. Topic. Uh, we haven't always been as proactive about bringing these kind of county issues to you, and we are certainly going to try to do better with that, and this would be one instance of that. Uh, you know, I have staff who takes a look at the, uh, the notices that we get from the county on a variety of things, and some of the regional planning agencies that were referenced earlier this evening. This particular one did not come to us, and if it hadn't been for Councilmember Barrett, I think we probably would have missed our opportunity to comment on that. So we, again, thank you for, for letting us know about that. But our intention would be to try to bring you these kind of policy considerations so that you have the opportunity to weigh in with the county in a timely way before something gets too far down a track. So, you know, if that's all right with you, we're going to continue doing that. Okay. Appreciate it very much. 
With that, um, I see Mr. St. John and Mr. Danley back in the chamber, and I'm just going to ask if we're ready to get whatever the answers are to item 5B, which is um, the item that we were discussing before we tabled it. Mr. St. John, yes. Yes, good evening again. Uh, Dan St. John, Public Works and Utilities Director. Good evening to you all. Um, so we are back on the LAD question, and I, I, I wanted to just review real briefly the LAD description for Cross Creek. Uh, it's our LAD number 35. Uh, it does contain landscape areas as described, urban separator along Hidden Valley Drive from, from Whisper Creek to Casa Grande Road, path from Casa Grande Road to Whippoorwill Court, including landscape from curb at, to fence at Whippoorwill Court, cul-de-sac terminus, and also medians for Valley Oak Court, Whippoorwill Court, Hidden Valley Drive, Skyhawk Drive, and the turnabout at Garfield Drive. So as you know, the LADs are um, uh, prescribed in limited areas. On the issue of financing, uh, we're, we're projecting uh, Cross Creek LAD to have a beginning balance as of now of $20,905. We expect $10,000 worth of assessments for the year. Um, we expect to spend about $8,300 with an ending balance of 22,500 and change. So I think the conclusion here is there is adequate funding to do what needs to be done. Now, in way of explanation, um, as you know, we do hire contractors for uh, our LADs, and occasionally we do have to change out contractors. That is the case with this one. So we are in the middle of um, changing the contractor to a, a contractor who has proven to be a little bit more responsive to us. Uh, so some of those funds that we might have spent in the spring are still available to catch up on this now. So, Mr. Merritt. That, that contract. Uh, Mr. Healy, yeah, I, I think, go ahead. Yeah, so I, I think what you're telling us is that there's flexibility to do a one-time surge and catch up to where we need to be um, with, with the fund balances that are there. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank, Thank okay, you. Okay, so if we approve this tonight, we can do some catch up on the weed abatement issues and aesthetic issues because we've got a we can project a positive balance of twenty two thousand five hundred so we might be able to spend easily fifteen thousand of that and still have a cushion in that assessment district uh, that be a reasonable assumption i i think that is a very good assumption that we have that flexibility and then we don't destroy our ability to collect the assessments for this year uh, and if that isn't enough, the council will revisit it next year and figure out a game plan between now and then. But the neighbors will get a chance to see what work. What time frame would it reasonably be expected that work would be done where they'd see a noticeable improvement? I, th I think in the next couple of weeks, we expect that our new contractor to be out there literally as we speak. And it's a small enough amount that you don't need to come back to council for uh, direction. You can spend the money and get the improvement done with the new contract that comes in with a new service provider. Yes, sir, we can. Mr. Mayor. Mr. Kearney. Can Mr. Uh, St. John, do you, on the handout that the um, community member brought to us, the photos that are in that handout, are those areas that are actually included in the landscape assessment district? I. 
I am not able to confirm that. I will be meeting with our parks manager in the morning to discuss this. I, I did talk to Mr. Dinacola here just briefly uh, so that he could remind me of some of the things that he's already told me about this situation. Uh, so that I could report to you as factually as I okay. could. Okay, Mr. My, my concern, I'm sorry. Well, well, one moment, because it, your concern, if it's not in the assessment district, is that it won't be uh, remedied. But if it's not in the assessment district, we're not going to be able to remedy that tonight either. So our hands would be tied. It either is in it or it is not. If it's in it, we're going to remedy it. Is that right, Mr. St. John? Yes, sir. Okay. But All right. So, Councilmember Miller. Sure. Um, if you can actually read to me again what, because this is my neighborhood and I walk along here all the time. So, if you can actually read to me again what is in the assessment district, I can look at these pictures and I can tell you what's in and what isn't. Do you have to recuse yourself? Are you so close to this that... Well, I have to recuse myself from voting on it, but I think I can answer, Mr. Can I answer the question. Um, well, this is, you're supposed to refrain from, from okay. any action on it, although that's factual information, so. So are we okay? Maybe not. <laughs> well, um, so, it's not, Mr. Mayor? One moment, let, uh, let Mr. Danley think of The safest, it, it, it would be dumb to me that she, the, the council member couldn't do that since it's providing factual information to assist the other okay. council members. However, these rules are a little dumb, and um, t what they technically say is that you're not supposed to participate in the deliberation on that item. Um, so the safest thing is to refrain from discussing it, I guess, particularly given that th it won't affect the answer and it's in it's, yeah, it's, it's either in or information it's right right it's, it's very helpful it's and and nice but that, i the, i think the way the conflicts rules work okay. council members that have a conflict are supposed to refrain from discussion of an this is going to be thank you this is going to be on a best efforts basis we're going to do what we can do uh and this is either in the area that assessments have been collected and if it is there will be a remedy provided. If it isn't, we're going to discover that it's not, and we'll figure out where we go from there. But it won't be a solution that's going to come tonight or next month if it's not in an assessment district. Councilmember Barrett. Okay. Um, in, in lieu of real information, uh, I have a speculative question <laughs> since we can't get the real data. Um, if it is not in the um, LAD, then it's a city park or a city property? We will certainly be able to figure all that out when we get our maps and figures. Okay, and, and because our it would seem managers. to me that if it's not in an LAD, the city should be taking care of this. Well, I was thinking the same thing that if obviously if there's a pump station there and there's a utility site, that we would definitely take care of that. Um, but I didn't want to speak without referring to maps and figures and also the responsible managers to get all the details. Okay. But uh, you can be sure, well, we had, we had hoped our contractor would have already been out here on Friday. I believe they're expecting to be out here today or tomorrow. So, you know, we, we know we're, we're, we're fixing the problem. Okay, that, fixing the problem I think is the goal. Okay, so, uh, yes sir, no. over here. So Mr. I too Sorry. live in the neighborhood and walk my dog on this path and I can looking at the the description of of the streets it, half of these photos are not in the landscape assessment district. 
And so, I mean, it's it's very clear to me, um, and I'm well out of okay. the way. I just have a big dog, and he needs to walk. Um, uh, and so I know that at least three out of the six photos are not within the landscape assessment district. So that would mean that they're city pro property, and, and that would be something that is not even what we're discussing tonight. So I think, Mr. St. John, you did say, though, that you're going to get back to us on the 5th, which I don't think would prevent us from being able to vote on the rest of the landscape assessment district issues. And seeing as there's $20,000 worth of money already in there, I think we can take okay. care of the issues that are in we, we, we've beaten this up I think I think we're gonna we're at a point where we can take action on the assessment districts and um, we will get back to you You have my contact information and this has been one of the most interesting things that has ever happened to me <laughs> I'm here on the bias, I'll say that so uh, on a best efforts basis going forward we're gonna make some progress here we'll find out how much and how fast uh, with that um, we have a number of people that need to recuse on a number of items as we go down through the assessment district. Uh, we already took public comment on this, but we tabled the issue and I brought it back in front of the council. Is there anyone else that wants to address the council on item 5B on public comment? So in abundance of caution, I'll open it up one more time for public comment. Seeing no one rise, public comment is hereby closed on uh, item 5B. With that, uh, I will ask the vice mayor to leave the dais and we have a resolution ordering the improvements and confirming the diagrams and annual assessments for landscape assessment district fiscal year 2013-14 for the country club estates and riverview subdivisions so moved second at a motion by barrett a second by healy will vote by the lights That motion carries unanimously with Vice Mayor Albertson off the dais recusing. Now Council Member Kearney has left the dais and we have a resolution ordering the improvements and confirming the diagrams and annual assessments for landscape assessment districts for fiscal year 2013-14 for the Spring Meadows subdivision. Vice Mayor Albertson is back on the dais and do I have a motion? So moved. Second. A motion by Miller, a second by Barrett, and with that we'll vote by the lights on the Spring Meadows subdivision. That motion carries unanimously with Councilmember Kearney recusing himself. Uh, Councilmember Kearney remains away from the dais. Councilmember Miller has now left the dais, and we have a resolution ordering the improvements and confirming the diagrams and annual assessments for landscape assessment districts fiscal year 2013-14 for the Shelter Hills subdivision. So moved. Second. A motion by Albertson, a second by Barrett, and we'll vote by the lights. That motion carries unanimously with council members Kearney and Miller recusing. And with that, we're on to uh, council member Miller, uh, or rather, council member Kearney returning to the dais, council member Miller remaining away. And we're on to a resolution ordering the improvements and confirming the diagrams and annual assessments for landscape assessment district fiscal year 2013 14 for the Village East subdivision. Moved. Second. Second. Excuse me, Mr. Mayor. Excuse, excuse me, Mr. Danley. I, I'm sorry, but um, I, I believe we need to add Cross Creek.
to to that item. Is that right? Yes, because that's also within the uh, conflicts radius for Councilmember Miller. Okay, and that'll come out of item five. Oh, and so that is Cross Creek, Thank you. and that was Assessment District thirty-five. Yes. Okay. Thank you. And I'll uh, amend. We have a motion by was it Mr. Healy, Me. Mr. Albertson, and we have a second by Mr. Harris. Amending. Yes. And both are amended, and with that we'll vote by the lights on Village East Subdivision as well as Cross Creek Assessment District. Motion carries unanimously with Council Member Miller away. Thank you, Mr. Danley. And now with all members of the council present and on the dais as Council Member Miller returns, we have a resolution ordering the improvements and confirming the diagrams and annual assessments for landscape assessment districts that remain for the fiscal year 2013-14. So this is all remaining Petaluma landscape assessment districts. So moved. Second. We have a motion by Albertson, a second by Barrett. We'll vote by the lights. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. And with that, we're back to item 4A. Mr. St. John, there's a resolution authorizing the city manager to execute a professional services agreement for engineering and design services for the headwork screen and upgrade and performance optimization projects at the Ellis Creek recycling, water recycling facility. Yes. <clears throat> Good evening again. Um, this is our first opportunity to come back to the council and report out on what we have been busy doing since our uh, workshop with you on March the 11th. And as you recall, at that public workshop, we talked about the Ellis Creek Water Recycle Facility, and we uh, sought direction from the council on how to uh, how to handle some of the. Uh, the opportunities really that that we had begun to see within the community particularly with our food processors and other high strength waste generators and as you recall from the workshop we had sort of a two-pronged approach where uh, we were going to go back and start looking at the physical plant and what we can do with the physical plant at the same time to proceed on a, a parallel track taking a look at rates and policies um, I did want to report that, that since then we have had a series of meetings with our uh, industrial uh, food processors in town and particularly uh, uh, the ones that generate the largest amounts of, of, of high strength waste. And uh, I think you'll be surprised as I was to learn that every day 40,000 gallons of high strength waste is trucked out of this city mostly to Oakland. Uh, to put it in perspective, that's on the order of 10, 12 trucks a day. And these are the big tanker trucks. Um, we've already received, again, non-binding commitment, but uh, certainly strong statements of interest from two, the two largest generators that they are very interested in working with the city on a solution that, that meets our our, our green objectives, our greenhouse gas objectives, our waste to energy uh, type objectives, our energy uh, efficiency, and so forth. So we're very excited that we, those conversations have already begun. Um, and uh, in fact, you know, should the council choose to approve this uh, contract tonight, one of our first uh, 
steps is to actually develop a preliminary feasibility prospectus for those high strength waste generators to show them and to show you and us the staff really the the bounds of what are what is possible if we go down that road um, we've also been in contact with a large food processor who who had expressed some interest in in locating their operation here uh, that needs to be able to discharge directly into our sewer a what I would consider a medium strength waste something maybe not strong enough that would go directly to our digesters or need to be trucked but nevertheless something that is stronger than our current or proposed local limits would allow so I guess the point here is is we're already seeing you know the reasons that that that, that uh, that the council has made these goals and that we've been set off to uh, accomplish these goals as we've uh, discussed from that that earlier workshop the, the last thing we've done in, in conjunction with our, our goals at the, established at the workshop is to continue down the rate and policy uh, process we have uh, circulated a, a request for qualifications and we have are, we are considering currently uh, evaluating a couple of proposals that we have received to bring on board uh, as part of our team someone who is has skills in in rates and policies to help with the physical plant side of our activities so again I, I really for for the uh, for those watching out there I, I really want to to make this statement that the council has and of course you know this you've you've set your your goals and objectives this year and we're really focusing on the one uh, very specific objective that that reads uh, focus attention on supporting food and beverage processing manufacturing and alternative energy business clusters and we think that's exactly what we are uh, doing here with this request tonight and um, and and with with the uh, selection of the engineering consultant that that uh, I'm going to introduce here shortly I think we can really start making strides now in this particular contract this is an uh, environmental engineering contract it is obviously nuts and bolts we're looking at process we're looking at the physical plant and uh, we've got eight major objectives of this project number one replace the mechanical screens that were selected and designed over 10 years ago uh, address the issue of hydrogen sulfide off-gassing uh, which is a byproduct of the anaerobic digestion process uh, we want to look at some reliability upgrades in our solids train um, and that's not to say the existing system is unreliable it had to have been reliable otherwise it would have never been permitted there are there are numerous reliability issues however we believe that there are some better ways to address it to allow uh, to address operation and maintenance needs uh, as I've already mentioned uh, we we aim to address the high strength waste the trucked waste from industry uh, in the process we'll be looking at energy use and we'll be looking at ways to uh, reduce energy at the plant uh, as I mentioned with the example of the medium waste generator that we've talked to uh, we see there is a need to further increase our local limits now we're going to talk about local limits here under item 4c but uh, 
that doesn't take us far enough to be attractive to the kinds of food waste uh, uh, industries like the ones we've talked to here recently. Um, we want to look at our, our aeration ponds and our polishing ponds to uh, determine a better way of operating them and reducing operating costs for those ponds. Um, and as I said, we, as we remain, I suppose, nimble in dealing with these industrial users, we know we're going to need some special services, uh, technical support as we pursue one-on-one -on -one or in small groups uh, developing uh, partnerships to deal with high strength waste and accomplish some of the goals that I, that I mentioned at the beginning. Uh, towards this end, staff uh, circulated a request for proposal uh, to nine engineering and design firms that have uh, significant uh, uh, presence in Northern California. Uh, we ended up shortlisting four of those t teams that were interviewed uh, in late May. And based on those interviews, we are recommending the selection of Kennedy Jenks consultants. Uh, they're headquartered in San Francisco. However, this team will be uh, led out of their Santa Rosa office. We think that's an advantage uh, to keep the team local. Uh, we are particularly impressed with their local uh, experience and, um, and, and we believe that they are best suited to meet our needs. Uh, incidentally, it was Kennedy Jenks that designed our, our Hopper Street wastewater treatment plant back in the 30s. Uh, again, that was not part of the selection process, but it was sort of uh, serendipitous. Um, uh, How have things changed since 1930? I see we've got, yes, yes, they have and yet they haven't. But uh, I see two of our members in the audience here. We've got Craig Lickney. Here, who is the vice president of, of Kennedy Jenks, and he, he would be, uh, assuming you approve this contract, he will be the principal in charge for the work performed by Kennedy Jenks. Uh, I need to point out that in the contract draft uh, that is attached to the item, uh, I, I believe we inadvertently indicated a contract term of June 30th, 2013. Now that would be very quick, so we're just saying for the record that that is June 30th, 2014. So with that, uh, um, I'll ask if there's any questions or comments. Okay. Open it up to council discussion. Mr. Healy. Yeah, uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, Mr. St. John, very impressive report and clearly a huge amount of staff time and thought and effort has gone into this. So I'll be very pleased to, to support this uh, when we get to that point tonight. The only comment I wanted to make, and, and there's obviously a lot of different moving parts here and, and all this work sounds very valuable and good. The only, the only thing I would, I would make is a comment to keep your eye on going forward. You, you mentioned the eight items on pages two and three of the staff report. And just eyeballing them, it looks to me like items one, two, three, five, and seven pretty much benefit all customer classes. Uh, and items four, six, and eight, there's an argument that those maybe just uh, benefit the commercial customer classes. So keep in mind rate equity issues issues as, as, you're, as you're moving forward. It's not an issue with this particular contract, I don't believe, but as, as you start to implement capital improvements, it, it will become one. Yes, absolutely, and thank you for the reminder. Okay, any other comments here? I, I want to thank you for putting this together because I feel like we are making progress now on what uh, it was identified at this council goal setting session but was an issue 
long before the goal setting session and uh, so I think this is the path to getting modifications and improvements uh, capital improvements that may prove somewhat costly but that they also will affect the operational efficiencies and lower the operating budgets so there's some good news there and if we are going to meet the economic strategic plan uh, of accommodating the future of this community which ties in heavily to the dairy industry ties in heavily to the brew brewing industry these are adjustments that do need to be made for a variety of reasons and a lot of them are economic and they're uh, people talk a lot about jobs there are directly jobs that either are here that could be vulnerable or jobs that would come if we make the right adjustments and so um, this is a case of having policy that backs up other stated goals and so I appreciate the work and I'm, I'm excited about where it'll, where it'll go and where it'll lead any other comments at this time with that um, we have a resolution that authorizes the city manager to execute a professional services agreement for engineering and design services for the headwork screen upgrade and the performance optimization projects at the Ellis Creek water recycling facility uh, this contract is not to exceed five hundred and ninety two thousand six hundred and twenty dollars and the term is June 30th 2014 or if the work is done sooner I'll move the item, Mr. Mayor. We have a motion by Mr. Healy. We have a second by Council Member Barrett. No. I, I, by Council Member Kearney, I'm sorry. Uh, and with that, I need to open it up to public comment if there's anyone that wishes to address the Council on item 4A. Seeing no one rise, public comment is hereby closed. And with that, we'll vote by the lights. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you very much. We are on to item 4B. Uh, this is Mr. St. John's item. It's a resolution authorizing position allocations for two engineering uh, technician two positions in the Capital Improvements Division of the Public Works and Utilities Department. Mr. Zimmer. Good evening, everyone. Um, I don't have a lot to add uh, to the council report. Uh, happy to answer any questions. That's not a lot to add. Yes, we need the people. I, We're short-handed, and here it I'm is. I'm happy to give a brief summary of no, what's it's in fine. the council. I, I think everybody gets it. Uh, is there any public comment on item 4B? I need to do this as a matter of procedure. I have no speaker cards, no one stepping up to address the council. Um, if there's not any council comment, I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Albertson. Mr. Zimmer, I'm looking at the engineering technicians, but in fact, are these project managers? for public works or capital improvement projects? No, they would be reporting to the project managers. The intent here is that the project managers are capable of doing more if we can give them the staff to do some of the um, lesser tasks. Um, we have senior level engineers who are doing a fair amount of CAD operating and preparing letters and running errands even, running out to the field. And if we had adequate support staff to those uh, engineers and project managers, they could manage a lot more projects at one time. All right, and then is there, a, I see the two full-time employees, uh, the, the anticipation of capital improvement projects to keep two full-time employees gamefully employed for the yes. near future? Yes, um, particularly on the utility side, we have a healthy balance and a lot of projects uh, to be built for the next five years. And this previous agenda item that Mr. St. John was talking about would be one of the things that they would be involved in? I see nodding over here. 
there's there's a likelihood that they would be involved in that. Um, one probably would be primarily or almost exclusively working on sewer and water main replacements, for example. We have uh, such a backlog of the, that type of work. It's something they could specialize in along with an associate uh, civil under the direction of a senior civil to be doing that almost full-time. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Healy. I just had one question. If you could talk generally, what's the level of education or, or, or experience for an engineering technician too? Engineering techs often have a, a two-year degree or experience. Uh, the people we're looking for is uh, specifically CAD experience. We're a little short-handed on the, the CAD operator experience. Okay, thank you for that. I'd be happy to move the item. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. We have a motion by Healy, a second by Barrett. Is there any further discussion? Is there anyone wishing to address the council on item 4B as in boy? Seeing no one rise, public comment is hereby closed and we'll vote on the motion. Motion carries unanimously. That's item 4B. We're on to the final item on the agenda tonight. This is item 4C as in Charles. Uh, this is an introduction, a first reading of an ordinance amending Title 15, Sections 15.44, 15.48, 15.52, and 15.64 of the Petaluma Municipal Code concerning city sewers and sewer disposal. Mr. St. John. Again, good evening. Uh, I have with me tonight Lena Cox, who is our Environmental Services Supervisor and, and largely responsible for the, the work uh, on this report. Uh, I should just point out that this is the other half. We talked about the f physical plant. This is the rates and policy side. And um, we debated long and hard as to whether to bring this forward at this time or wait until such time that we had more to add to this. And we decided that there's enough important things that the our industrial customers are asking for that we can do right now that will help them and there's enough uh, just house cleaning type measures these ordinances uh, you know just changing things like the department name and things like that that needed to be cleaned up and also some alignment work with uh, with the rate resolution that this uh, the council passed a year and a half ago uh, relative to uh, how rates are calculated and so forth. Just truing up this ordinance with that rate reso, this ordinance with the current uh, department. But the important thing is um, we, we felt that we did not want to wait any further on raising the local limits uh, for organic strength wastewater discharged from a, uh, an industrial discharger into our sewer. Um, and previously that organic limit was 900 milligrams per liter BOD. We, we are suggesting that that be raised to 1500 and uh, the solids limit of, for suspended solids of 700 to 2000. I think I got that right. I got the nod. Anyways, uh, these limits are based on a study that was done last year and um, and, and this study was done in accordance with the Water Quality Control Board guidelines for doing local limits and uh, ha did establish those as limits that, that, that would assure that our plant is protected against uh, heavy organic or solids loading. 
Um, I can tell you it doesn't change our limits. Our limits that we discharge to the Petaluma are set by our uh, NPDES permit, our discharge permit, and those remain the same. Uh, we've never had a hard, we've never had any difficulty meeting our limits for BOD and suspended solids. Therefore, we have no reason in the world to think that this change is going to impact our ability to meet our own discharge requirements to the river. And furthermore, that was confirmed in the local limit study that was performed last year. So, with that. And I would assume, in light of Mr. Healy's question on the prior issue about fairness to all ratepayers, is that this will not have a negative impact on the cost of operations at the wastewater treatment plant, so that it'll have no negative impact on ratepayers across the board. That's correct. In fact, this doesn't affect rates at all. In fact, uh, the, the, the users that may, maybe they were staying below 900 BOD and maybe for some reason they, they want to bump that up to 1200 BOD or something like that, still less than the new limits, they will pay the same rate, which is a, a, a cost per pound of organic material. So if they discharge a higher strength waste, they will pay more for it according to the existing rate structure. Okay. So, so it, it doesn't affect the rates at all. It does affect the fact that we don't have to go and find them every time they hit 901 BOD. And so that's where it's business friendly. Yes. Want to be business friendly. Mr. Healy. Yeah, no, thank you for that question. Um, it seems to me that by, by moving up gradually, you can kind of test in the real world how the plant's going to respond. So if you have the, these changes now and you come back six months or 12 months or whatever it is from now and, and propose further increases, you'll have a little bit of real world experience with seeing how it operates with, with these new limits here. Uh, that's absolutely correct. And, and, and we'll see who, who, who needs them, who uses them. And that's the other thing. So it really does kind of give us that incremental approach. Thank you. Okay. Uh, is there any other, uh, are there any other questions at this time by the council? Then I'm going to open it up to public comment. This is item 4C is in Charles. Is there anyone that wishes to address the council on item 4C? This would be the time to do it. See no one rise and have no speaker cards on this item. Public comment is hereby closed. Uh, back to the council to entertain a motion. So moved. Second. A motion by Healy, a second by Harris, and with that we'll vote by the lights on item 4C. motion carries unanimously and with that um, we have concluded the business on the agenda tonight. I want to thank the council for staying with a difficult order as we kind of bounced around a bit. I want to thank Mr. Danley and Mr. St. John for getting answers on the fly and with that we were able to conduct the business I think in a timely manner and with that uh, we're adjourned. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Thank you.